Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hello and welcome to Sports Weekly. I'm your host Ayaz Memon, and uh, as always, uh, we've got a lot of information, analysis, and obviously uh, some controversies to talk about in this show. But first up, it has to be about the IPL, uh, the Indian Premier League, and not very good news coming from the tournament on the health front because two players from Kolkata Knight Riders, Varun Chakravarti and Sandeep Warrior, have tested positive. The match scheduled for Monday night has been rescheduled. We don't know as yet when it will be played, but it has thrown the tournament somewhat out of whack or completely out of whack because the teams that have played against KKR in the past few matches, they obviously will have to do aggressive testing of their own players, their contingent. And even as I speak and as we record this, there's information coming through that three from the Chennai Super Kings contingent, none of them players, have also tested positive. So, a lot of things going haywire within the league. As we all know, there's been a clamour to shut down the tournament, as it were. There are pros and cons. There's been an equal intensity clamour that no, you can't shut it down because it offers livelihood and you know it offers some relief for people from the despairing world outside. But when you have cases like this arising, obviously it just becomes a different ball game altogether, so to speak. I've got with me Mr. Fantastic as always. I'm going to draw him into this conversation at the very outset because not only is he a cricket fanatic, but he also follows the COVID situation very aggressively and also the impact it's been having in the rest of the sports world. So, welcome to the show, Mr. Fantastic, and let's see what you've got for us. Thank you so much, Ayaz. Pleasure to be on the show as always. And yes, it's not very happy tidings right now, is it? With the match for Monday cancelled, uncertainty over the next few. Do you foresee a situation where we'll probably not see the rest of the tournament in the immediate future? It could happen. I mean, you know, that's obviously not the best situation to be in if you're a lover of the league and obviously if you're the organizer and the players and uh, franchise owners. But it could happen. Just as a reminder, the Pakistan Super League was called off when players started testing positive while the tournament was on. So, this is going to have serious ramifications. Because look at it from the point of view, not just of those within the KKR franchise. There are fellow team members. They eat together, they sit in the same dugout, etc, etc. The good news over there is that apart from these two, nobody else has tested positive. Everybody else has tested negative. But then, if you look at the last couple of matches that KKR have played, it may be against the teams where at least Varun Chakravarti, not Sandeep Warrior, but Varun Chakravarti has been on the field. Uh, He's been bowling, he's been perhaps, by the way, meeting the opposing batsmen out of friendship or adversity on the field or whatever. You may not be able to keep the social distance or may not be aware of it. If there's a common lunchroom, you might be meeting some of the players there and so on. And post-match, obviously, you know, players meet each other. They thump each other on the back for a game well played or nowadays they greet each other with their fists, not shake hands. But all of these can lead to transmission of infection and that is something which will bother not just KKR, and the IPL organizers, but also teams that KKR have played against because how do they know that it's not been transmitted unless they start testing their players aggressively again? And suppose two players from A team and another from B team, two teams that KKR played against, they also test positive, then I'm afraid that the tournament goes completely out of whack. Absolutely. There is no easy answer here. And just the fact that this whole caravan format has taken teams from one place to another where they were already in a bubble... 
to now a new place where they have to reform the bubble could very well have been to blame you know to be fair they must have taken expert advice on how to handle the situation the bcs i'm sure so therefore the caravan process uh, you can always argue which i have done in a couple of pieces i've written that having chosen the caravan protocol rather than you know home and away matches they have chosen venues which were hot spots for covid for instance delhi mumbai and even now i mean ahmedabad gujarat has been a hot spot so it's not ideally thought through you know there were other venues where the incidents of covid were far lesser in intensity and certainly there are cities that were not hot spots they could have been chosen of course we all being wise in hindsight but i'm saying this is something that organizers must be wary about there's some laxity there which has come through i mean i i even ventured in one of my articles that maybe when the tournament started and we knew that there is this uh, kind of a tsunami almost on our doorsteps which is the 9th of april maybe there should have been a snap decision to shift it away from india maybe go back to the uae start the tournament 10 12 15 days late make sure that you have two matches every day or double header every day and if you want to complete the tournament by end of may because after that india have to go to england so i mean these are all you know as we we say that wisdom comes through hindsight but there are things that could have been done now i think that they are in a log jam where you can't move out of the caravan system and you can't move away from the cities that you've chosen to be in so it it could become very very problematic well let's hope that there is a solution and that more importantly this infection doesn't spread over to the other teams other players and the others who are involved in bringing us this game every day but before we call it off do you i think let's take a look at some of the great performances that came about in the past few days there've been some nail biters there's also been some shocking developments related to the game what do you think of david warner being shunted out as the captain that was a big one that was a big one that's really to me the story of the tournament outside of the covid of course he is an iconic player he's been the best batsman over several seasons he's you know led them once to a title and then it was most unexpected the shunting out so i actually see uh, you know there are wheels within wheels i mean yes his strike rate this year has been poorer far poorer compared to six or seven seasons before this so there's something to be said of him not being in the best of form but neither has been anybody else where uh, sunrisers hyderabad is concerned you know apart from the odd innings by a johnny bairstow or a ken williamson or or something that the only consistent performer there has been rashid khan so the team has been struggling in batting and bowling and fielding and then you not only have the captaincy taken away from uh, warner or he's not just been cautioned for his strike rate while batting but the captaincy has been taken away from him and he's also dropped from the, the match after the captaincy has been taken away from him. so i think there is more to it than meets the eye or what the official statements have said i'm just going by one statement which david warner said which i've read reported that when he heard that he is going to be dropped the captaincy has been taken away from him and he will be dropped from the team which played that match he was in a state of shock so i can well imagine he must be but obviously i don't think that the management would have taken such a tough decision if they thought there was no need to take it because how the hell do you drop a player of warner's caliber and experience it's not an easy call to take so there's something brewing there which is not savory to say the least and kane williamson being thrust into that role of responsibility for a team that completely looks out of sorts i mean even after williamson took over they were hammered to say the least by the rajasthan royals so maybe this upcoming break might help the sunrisers regroup and come back stronger 
Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that's one way of looking at it. The other way is, of course, you know, you can't get lower than the last place in the table. So, if anything, you can remain there or you can come up. I think that Kane Williamson is the best man in the circumstances. I mean, you know, uh, he's an accomplished batsman. He's amongst the best captains in the current game. It's logical that he would be the captain if Warner is not there. In fact, some have argued in previous years. And remember, when Warner was banned and didn't play, so he was... Williamson was the captain. So, I think he's the... In the in the event, he's the best man to have because he's got the sobriety and the maturity to handle this situation of turmoil. But of course, you know, even a Williamson can't work wonders if the team is not performing well. So, if you concede 220 runs and then, you know, it's difficult to chase it and then you don't get your batsmen to perform again. So, the bowlers are not performing, the batsmen are not performing. It's very difficult to find out what exactly is going wrong. I think that everything has gone wrong for Sunrisers Hyderabad and they, they can only keep their fingers crossed. And, you know, actually, the next match is to be played against Mumbai Indians, which is the defending champion has just come so strongly into its own after that blizzard of a knock from Kyron Pollard. So, I, sometimes, I shudder to think what the fate of Sunrisers Hyderabad versus Mumbai will be. Well, let's hope that match happens and we're able to see more fireworks. But the bad news for the IPL doesn't really end there, does it? KL Rahul went into hospital yesterday, but thankfully not for COVID, for appendicitis. Nonetheless, the Punjab Kings will definitely miss their captain as well. They are already missing him. I think Mayank Agarwal, poor chap, I mean, saddled with the captaincy, played a heroic knock, 99, in the last match that he played. But when you're confronted with a situation where your best batsman or arguably the tournament's best batsman is not available, it's a big blow. Because remember, Punjab were heavily dependent on Rahul for runs. So, while Mayank Agarwal did extremely well to plug that gap, but if you finish with 160, 165 on a pitch where 180, 185 would be par for the course, then it's asking for trouble. And that's what's happened with Punjab. Punjab's problem has been through this tournament, they've been like a electrocardiogram reading. You know, they've been up and down, up and down, up and down. There's no consistency. In this particular match, even Ravi Bishnoi and Mohamed Shami, their best bowlers, were out of form. So, it's not been going well for them. The contributions from Chris Gale, Nicholas Puran have been, you know, very iffy. In fact, Nicholas Puran has got a series of ducks which uh, <laughs> which really don't serve his talent well. They don't show up his talent in, in good light. But that's how Punjab's life has been. So, I think that KL Rahul is not unlikely to come back in the next match. If he's going to have a surgery for appendicitis, it'll take some time to recover, which means that Punjab are going to be in uh, under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, replacing him is like essentially having to replace at least two or three players. So, the balance <laughs> is completely gone. You know, he's he's the keeper, he's the captain, he's the top scorer. Now you've got to find three people who can do those three roles and they're clearly out of sorts again. So, they have wicketkeepers. Nicholas Puran can keep wickets. Prab Simran Singh who's there, he can keep wickets. But you're right. I mean, you know, Rahul is Punjab Kings. Punjab Kings is Rahul. I mean, the association is as strong with Rahul as, say, Mumbai Indians is with, with Rohit or Chennai is with Dhoni. I'm not talking in terms of the stature of the player, but in the nature of the association. Absolutely. Moving on, there's this interesting piece uh, around right now about Australians in the IPL. And I think this particular statistic about Marcus Stoinis bowling only one over in every match, it just caught my eye. What do you make of it? And well, the poor chap was actually asked to bowl the final over against the Royal Challengers. That too, to an on-song A.B. de Villiers, who 
well duly thrashed him for 23 runs what's the whole scene here so i think one of the problems that delhi has and it might seem a little is a bit of a conundrum they have a problem of plenty so they've got rabada and then they've got avesh khan who's bowling superbly they've got ishan sharma they've got akshar patel who's back and they had amit mishra earlier and so on you know they were lalit yadav they've got plenty of bowlers and now the job of the captain is to ensure that you know he has his best bowlers available at all times of the innings the start in the middle overs towards the end stoinis has been well known or has been used in the past quite often as a death overs bowler sometimes even at the start and at the death now the problem is that he's got the experience he's got those skills he, he cuts the ball he varies his pace but if he's not bowling frequently enough you may bowl as much as you want in the nets but if you're not bowling in a competitive environment then you will end up making mistakes you know you can't suddenly say a guy who's been practicing for one year in the nets will be match fit match fitness is something else when you play a series of matches that's what makes you match fit so i think somewhere that is showing up in stoinis is bowling i quite agree and you know i think there the choice was a tough one for young pant because you, when you're confronted with a guy like ab de villiers you say okay i've got ab de villiers who's a monster batsman now how do i keep him quiet if not get him out so i go to my most experienced guy and say hey can you do this job for me and he can't do it because ab de villiers takes him to the cleaners yeah so while abd's performance was outstanding i think the performance of the week for me was kyren pollard against the chennai super kings a completely lost cause Pollard walks in, takes a look around, decides, okay, I'll win this. And after the match, goes on to say that, hey, I've done this. We've been there before, and we'll do it again. So don't write us off. Now, was he referring to the Mumbai Indians or to people like himself? <laughs> It's a good question. I think he was referring to a lot of people from the outside who were saying, hey, Mumbai Indians is lost it this season. They're not just not good enough, etc., etc. And especially in the batting. because they were posting totals sub 150 to start with i think the change in venue from chennai to delhi has worked for mumbai on a pata wicket on a flat track small boundaries they've just come alive so to speak but having said that pollard's innings was you know i mean it was the most brutal assault i've seen in years such was his power and the assurance with which he was hitting he could have hit the ball with a toothpick outside the ground you know i mean that was his sense of confidence because to chase 218 and after you've lost those wickets early on can't be easy it's a tough it's a all or nothing scenario and for any batsman any batsman to keep on hitting those sixes clearing the boundary repeatedly takes it's not just about courage it's about hitting it correctly every time so the percentage if you're going to hit 10 sixes you know there'll be two or three misses which can happen and it didn't happen so that shows how percentage also worked in his favor because he was just so assured the only innings to rival that uh, i don't know if you're going to ask me this question but i can tell you that is uh, josh butler making 124 in rajasthan royals 220 against uh, sunrisers hyderabad in fact his was quite remarkable because for the first 30 odd runs he was he was batting painfully slowly and then he just completely exploded into action and butler and pollard are a study in contrast because pollard is a big made man he's a monster you know he's built like a lumberjack while butler is very slender he doesn't look like he's been pumping iron for the last 10 years of his life he's a he's a guy who relies on his timing and he's still hitting the ball about 80 90 yards so two contrasting styles in batsmanship in t20 and both are t20 great players so it just shows there's no one size fits all when it comes to big hitters 
Absolutely. That was going to be the next question about the whole Joss Butler assault that kind of dragged the Rajasthan Royals back from the brink and put them into contention to be eligible for the playoffs again. Which brings me actually to my next question. We're about midway through the IPL. And well, let's hope the tournament goes through and uh, continues to its logical conclusion. And if it were, who do you think are favorites to win? Delhi, Bangalore, Chennai? Mumbai? You're forgetting Mumbai? (laughs) I'm leaving them out because they still have to ensure their fourth place. You know, they're fighting the Royals and well, to some extent, the Punjab Kings for the fourth place. So these three seem on on track. Right now, they are in fourth place. And I think uh, the setback which uh, both Chennai and uh, RCB suffered, it showed up chinks mm-hmm. in both the teams. So, for instance, in RCB's case, who lost to actually Punjab. And Punjab was struggling at that point in time. Much as uh, Punjab are heavily dependent on Rahul and Mayank Agarwal, RCB are dependent on Kohli, AB de Villiers and Maxwell. Very much so. Because yeah. their bowling also is a little suspect. So, two things have happened is that Virat is not getting the big scores in the last three matches. And uh, Maxwell is also kind of plateaued. I mean, in the previous match, he got out first ball. Fantastic delivery from Harpreet Brad, but he got out first ball. And that left too much for AB de Villiers to, to accomplish on that pitch. So, opposing teams are now sensing that if two of these three guys don't work, don't click, then RCB is Phasgaya. They get caught. It's very important for RCB that out of these three big guns, two must click. The other is... There was an aura about Harshal Patel. He's still the highest wicket taker in the tournament. But there was an aura about him that he is very difficult to get away in the death overs and he picks up wickets. Virat used to bring him on to bowl from over 13 or 12 or something like that during the last four overs. Last couple of matches, actually starting with the way Ravindra Jadeja mauled him, hitting him for 37 runs in an over. Then we saw that against Punjab also. You know, I mean, at one stage, it looked like Punjab might not make 165. They ended up making 191 because... Harshal was hit around by KL Rahul. So, the bowling, apart from Mohammad Siraj, to an extent Kylie Jamieson, is not looking as strong because Yuzvendra Chahal is not performing like, say, Rahul Chahar. Rahul is picking up wickets, holding the middle overs tight. And Washington Sundar lost his place because he's not getting wickets. So, there's a chink which is showing up in the case of RCB. Where Chennai Super Kings is concerned, they need to watch it because if you lose after making 218, then other teams get inspired and say, yeah, why are we getting scared of this team? You know, they couldn't defend 218. It's a mindset issue. It's a perception issue. And that could be a, it could become problematic because the minute, suppose they lose one more match like this, you know, where they can't defend or they can't score a, or can't chase down a modest score, then not only are they going to be struggling for points, but also for the confidence that they will have provided all the other teams. So, both these teams need to watch out. So, you're still going with Mumbai Indians as your choice for the title this year? I think Mumbai Indians have taken a quantum jump from where they were struggling. They've suddenly got into a situation where their batting is looking awesome. The bowling was awesome. And uh, it's just looking a fiercely, more fiercely determined team to retain its title. So, I'm not saying they'll win the title. But I'm saying that they look very strong to me to reach the playoffs. Well, let's see how that goes. But thanks so much for that. And uh, given how the matches are lining up or not this week, we're going to refrain from making any fantasy suggestions. If uh, regular scheduling returns, we'll find a way to let you know what to do. Meanwhile, moving on to some of the other sporting action from around the world, we go back to a story we talked about last week about what the Premier League And six teams from there were trying to do escaping into the Super League. 
Well, that didn't go as to plan. And now things have gotten worse. Sunday's match between the Manchester United club and Liverpool was cancelled because of a pitch invasion by players who are now demanding that their American owners sell the club. Is that even possible, Ayaz? Can can someone just up and sell it, like put it on, I don't know, eBay? I think that is far-fetched. You know, I mean, uh, in, in a business environment, and remember, these are businesses. I mean, they are sports clubs, but they are also massive businesses. In a country, maybe it's the UK is not like the US, but it still has a huge place for uh, private enterprise. You can't stop people from buying clubs. They may be American, they may be Russian, they may be from the Middle East. There are owners who are coming from all over the world. So that's not going to be, I think, legally tenable in terms of ownership issues. What I think is happening, however, and that's important, is that fans are exercising what they consider as their right to have a say in the club's doings. So it may not be about ownership, but you cannot treat my club, who I've supported for the last maybe 10, 15, 20 years, and my father before that, and my grandfather before that, and say, hey, we'll walk out of one tournament and go somewhere else, because that's the way our owners feel like it. I think there is a massive registration of that kind of protest. And ultimately, what is it that frightens promoters and club owners the most? It's your fans deserting you and sponsors, of course. You know, if you take a blue ribbon club, I'm not going to, not necessarily to take a name, but say amongst the top four or five football clubs in, in the Premier League, if the fans desert them, the riches also go. Where will they make their money from? And if they don't make money, then what is that club worth? How do you help the promoters or the owners or whoever is wanting to buy or sell? So I think there is a very strong dynamic which has emerged in this controversy is that you can't suppress the voice of the fans beyond a point. You can't take it for granted because that's how all the clubs backtracked because they sensed that the ire, the anger of the fans could cut the ground from under the enterprise itself completely. That's very true. So, well, let's hope that reason is found there and that the fans are able to reconcile with these mistakes in sport returns. Uh, We also have a special guest with us this week. We're going to have a chat about the Portuguese Formula One race that happened yesterday uh, with Kunal Shah of the Inside Line F1 podcast. Hey, Kunal, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. How was the race yesterday? I thought someone else would have won it. I mean, Hamilton did get run pretty close yesterday, didn't he? Yes, thanks for having me. It's a great Formula One race that we had yesterday. It showed once again why Lewis Hamilton is a seven times world champion, why he commands those big bucks uh, to go racing for Mercedes, because we've had three races and all three races, we've seen one thing common, which is Lewis Hamilton coming out on top each time he's challenged, you know. Uh, We also saw Max Verstappen make his fourth mistake in three races. So, some pretty uh, interesting trends that have sort of been kickstarted through the 2021 season. So, Verstappen, yes, and we'll come to that. But what about Perez? There was a time where he, I think, was close to kind of taking the lead. Was it a pit strategy failure in the part of Red Bull? So, you know, Checo Perez was close enough to Max Verstappen and the Mercedes cars, but not 
as close as Red Bull would have liked to use him as a pawn in race strategy. So eventually what they did is they said, we are just going to go long with you with the hope that, you know, when the Mercedes cars catch up, he's able to sort of delay them a little bit. When that actually happened, Lewis just drove past him. So with Checo, it was just about, hey, we know you're not going to win the race and maybe we might get a podium or fourth place. So let's do what we can to help max his race. And that's how they used him. So how can Max win other than not making mistakes? You know, he's got the package that he's wanted all along. He's got the Red Bull chassis working the way he wants. He's got an extremely agile Honda power unit. So for once, he actually has a car in which he can win the championship, right? But he has to stop making mistakes, right? I know you said, how else can he win? But the truth is, he is driving as well as he ever has. You can see that, you know, in his overtakes, in his pole positions, in his race starts. But his errors are so small in nature that someone listening in might think, yeah, this guy is nitpicking on Max's mistakes, you know. But the truth is, when it comes to seeing Lewis Hamilton in the same thing, you know, in a championship winning package, you don't see him make these small mistakes. And that's what Max needs to eliminate through the course of the season. Is it really that simple or do we just write this year down as well for Hamilton already? No, I would not write this year down for Hamilton already. Max is definitely going to tweak the way he drives. Again, very small tweaks needed because these unforced errors, you know, as we know from the world of tennis, that's what it's costing him. He's got the pace, but it's too early to call the season for a couple of reasons. A, it's a really long season and to maintain momentum is always that much more difficult. And second, you know, there are financial regulations in place this year. So teams can't really keep spending as much money they want. And teams have to balance between the 2021 car, which is the car they are using this year, and developing the new cars they will use in 2022. So lots of variables at play. And uh, it's it looks like it's going to be a Verstappen versus Hamilton battle. We've seen, you know, three out of three races, we've seen them go head to head. But it's too early to call it has anyone's championship. Awesome. Already looking forward to the next race. Do you want to hazard a prediction? Uh, the prediction is going to be that the Red Bulls will come back looking stronger in Spain. You know, I think Portimao, the race in Portugal, wasn't a Red Bull suited circuit. And in Spain, they're going to be back to being strong. And, you know, we have seen three drivers claim pole positions who haven't converted the poles into race wins. So it'll be interesting to see if that trend sort of turns around this weekend at Spain. Awesome. So as a fan, really hoping that Hamilton doesn't win the next one. But uh, yeah, it'll, it'll really spice up the title race. Hey, thanks so much, Kunal, for joining us. A pleasure having you. We look forward to chatting with you after Spain. Thanks. Lovely to be talking Formula One. So that was Kunal Shah. Great insights. And we'll catch up with him again after the Spanish Grand Prix coming up next. That's it from me for this week. Thanks so much, Ayaz, for having me on the show. Thanks. Thanks, Mr. Fantastic. As always, a pleasure to have you. And uh, just a reminder that we've had this problem of the COVID intruding into the IPL 2021 season. We'll have to wait and see how this unravels, how this pans out. Hopefully, it's not as serious as it seems right now while we were recording this. But whichever way the situation unfolds, we'll be seeing you next week, same time on this show, Sports Weekly. 